Hey, what's up? Hello, this is Admin Cubana coming back at you with another episode of the Unladylike Lounge podcast. And today I am joined by Dr. James Smith. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I am very well. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to kick this episode off a little different than usual with one of my favorite quotes, if you don't mind. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. How true is that statement for you? It is true. Um, I obviously, I guess you can look at my age, so you know I have to have a pass. So, 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 so uh, I'm right you know, there with but, you. Sir. But, uh, but uh, I, I, it is really true in my life. I've, I, uh, I've always been a person of faith. You know, attend the mm. church and what have you. I grew up and a family of Christian believers uh, went off to law school and uh, found myself uh, practicing law in my hometown and getting involved in gambling and eventually doing something crazy, you know, robbing a bank, uh, financial needs and what have you, after losing everything that I had. So that's kind of my past. Uh, but when I was uh, uh, arrested and went to Dorothea Dix Miller Hospital, it began to dawn on me that this was not me. So I began to actually pray about my situation. How did I get myself in this situation? And uh, actually uh, just decided that I was going to make a change. And so I did all the stuff that I used to do. I just say it's finished, it's over, and uh, that's what I did. So, following my confinement, came out. I already knew that my life was going to be different. Went back to to school, went to seminary then, and I received my Masters of Divinity and my doctor of ministry and of course was called to a church and pastored a church for two months short of 33 years the same church i just wow. retired i just retired in past december and mm-hmm. so uh that's my past and of course you you just heard my new that new beginning has been Ever, ever since about the last uh, 33, about the last 35, 40, 35 to 38 years. Wow. Congratulations. That is remarkable. I love hearing a a story of turning it around. I mean, as we'll get into it a little bit later, it's we all we all have our stories. We all have our past. We all have mm-hmm. our our game changing moment. And it's it's wonderful to hear yours. Why do you believe in second chances? What was that one pivotal moment that made you say, you know what, I I believe in second chances? Well, I I will say, I'm going to put this a little different than you put it. I don't only believe in second chances. I believe in a, another chance. Okay. Okay, so... As a matter of fact, uh, 
And it's just because I believe that some people may take more than one time to get to where they need to get. So, okay. So, uh, but for my, for me, it was my uh, confinement to the mental hospital. That's when I, that's when I had that, that epiphany and decided that things were just going to be different in my life. Uh, The gambling, the drinking, the womenizing, all of that kind of stuff changed. And that was that turning point. You know, I had, I had committed this crime, and I just was not going to go down that road again, period. And sure. so, uh, and that did it for me. That for did sure. it for me. That was the eye-opener, yes. Um, just to share a little bit of my story with you, when I was 16, I was incarcerated, and two young gentlemen from a local church came to hold service with us. And their message was, you are not bad people. You are not your mistakes. And that was that was my turning point. Um, when when did you know that you wanted to become a leader in faith? When when did you have that realization? Well, I actually had that realization uh, right after my um, arrest and. When I committed the crime, I was out on bond for about uh, six, yeah, about six months. And it was during that time, you know, don't forget that I I said I've always been a person of faith. I, you know, I grew up in this family. I, you know, I, I went to church regular, even when I went off to college and law school, I still went to church, you know, it was just ingrained within me, but I was doing all the other little stuff, you know, so, you know, you've seen people like that. So, uh, but when this happened to me, uh, it took another direction for me. And I began to uh, think about my life. I prayed more. I asked for forgiveness I, uh, you know, I try to do everything I can to amend, to uh, do what I thought I needed to do. Uh, I knew that the Lord would forgive me, but I was not quite forgiving myself, you know. So mm-hmm. I had I had to do that on my own. And during this six-month period, you know, I felt this calling. And I had not got, I had not pleaded guilty yet, but I felt this calling, and so I went to my my uh, pastor and talked to him about it, because I was afraid to accept the calling uh, to ministry, knowing that I would be going to prison, because okay. I thought. I thought the first thing people would say was that uh, you're doing that mainly because, you know, you get ready to go to prison or you want to get leniency and all that type of stuff. So I was right. afraid. To, I was afraid to do that. Uh, and so when I talked with him, he said to me, well, if you feel this calling, you know, accept it. You don't know what the Lord has for you when you, you know, go in. Uh, you you may be able to minister to other men there and all this. And so I did. And believe me, 
Uh, I preach my initial sermon the Sunday night prior to the Monday when I pled guilty and went into prison. Wow. Wow. Good for you. That is, I, I can completely understand that kind of hesitation and worrying about, you know, are people Mm going to look at this as I have some sort of ulterior motive Mm -hmm. behind, behind accepting this calling. But at the end of the day, you can't deny what the Lord has in store for you. You can't mm-hmm. deny, you yeah. know, that, that calling. And, and I am so proud. Well, proud isn't necessarily a word I'd want to use, but I am so thankful that you followed that, that calling mm-hmm. of yours mm-hmm. and that you accepted that. Yeah. That is, that and, is wonderful. And it made all the difference. Uh, when I look back on it, I remember, you know, it allowed me to work in the chaplain's office. I got probably the best position. I was uh, worked in the adult education building. Wow. I got I got a chance to leave the prison. I was in federal prison uh, okay. in Ashland, Kentucky. I got a chance to leave and go to workshops. Uh, as a matter of fact, I I spent. Uh, Two weeks in uh, uh, Stallstown, Pennsylvania, uh, for, with a prison fellowship workshop, and I came back. and It's hard for people to believe this, but on one of my trips, they allowed me to leave and fly out and come back on my own. Oh my gosh! Yep. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. That is that is something that is completely unheard of. Mm-hmm. Completely unheard of. It's it's hard for people to believe that what I said, but that is the truth. My chaplain now and I uh stay in contact, one of the prison fellowship persons was at my retirement. We you know, we're still, yeah. Uh, and I just retired. As he, as a matter of fact, he, um, his name is David Heller. He was in charge of prison fellowship out of Kentucky when I was there. He's now in North Carolina, but he came to my installation service when I was called to pastor, and he was oh. back for my retirement when I retired. Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful to make those kind of connections, and especially you know when people can see you from from one end to all the way through. Mm-hmm. That is that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Do you believe in in paying it forward? If so, how do you feel that you have paid forward this other chance? Well, I I think my life kind of speaks for itself now. For sure. Uh, I think most everybody who who knows me know that my life has changed. Um mm-hmm. I'm uh doing things that I never imagined that I would be doing. Uh, Even though I'm retired now, um, I'm still being called by ministers to do, uh, to preach for at their church when they're away or or for special events. Uh, As a matter of fact, I just uh, preached past Sunday and this week I got a three night revival and next Sunday I'm doing another message. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, and, and I've 
served in numerous capacities. Since this, I've served as as a president of the uh, Ministerial Alliance here in Durham. I've served as moderator of our association. I've served as moderator. I'm moderators for the whole uh, Baptist State Convention. So it's, you know, people see, you know, me paying it forward. Absolutely. You're still reaching out and touching lives. Oh, yeah, sure. Every way. I, I love it. How did your faith shape your journey in life? Well, I'm glad that I was raised in a Christian family mm-hmm. because I knew it was there. It's kind of like what Paul tell, told Timothy, I know it's in you. You know, what you got to do is just stare it up. So that's kind of where I was. It was in me. I just had not stirred it up. So uh, when I got to the point where I knew I needed to uh, get on the right track, I made certain that I stirred it up and uh, moved forward. So that's where my my life was. And I'm kind of glad that I was there uh, because it did, it gave me something to fall back on. You know, sometimes we really don't have anything to fall back on. We don't know. And I listened to you, and it was good that somebody shared it with you, okay? Uh, I already knew it. So, you know, I, I didn't necessarily have to have anybody to share it with me. It had been good, you know, to have. I did have people come by and talk with me. But I already knew that I if I fall back on my faith, I can get through this. Okay. And that's what I did. Right. Excellent. Excellent. What is the greatest lesson you have learned in or about life and who or what taught you that? Well, I guess one of the greatest uh, things that I learned is probably to kind of look back and take stock on uh what you did and try to learn from it. Um, I wrote, uh, you know, I've written three books, but my first book was about, uh, was a deal by me. And people asked me about how did I get that title deal by me? I was a poker player. That's how I started gambling. And when you don't want your next hand, you said deal by me, you know, I don't want the next hand. So that became the title of my book. So I wrote the first I wrote the first book and that outlined my total experiences, you know, what happened to me, my years of practicing law and you know, then how I got into gambling and what have you. But during COVID, I sat down and wrote another book. And the other book was more of a reflective book. How and what did I learn from what I went through? And so I had to step back and take a self-evaluation on my own life. And and that's what I tell people sometimes it's hard to do. You know, just do a self-evaluation. You know, how did I get here and what did I learn from it? And that has been the most exciting thing for me to just uh, talk about those things that I, I learned. And, you know, I can talk, you know, I always talk about how I, 
you know, you have to learn to confront the source. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I, I talked about practicing humility. I talked about, you know, uh, how you got to learn to accept responsibility, you know, uh, don't let your circumstances be an excuse. There are quite a few things that I dealt with, even, you know, in uh, in the second book. And that's kind of the way I share, you know, as, as I move forward. I just try to embrace life and, and say things are not going to be... Uh, always smooth but i know that the darkest hour is always before dawn you know (laughs) and so i live live that kind of life i'm okay i love it i absolutely love it do you have any final thoughts tips advice for any of our audience members who might be listening and can even relate to your journey Yes. Um, one of the things I like to tell and what I'm sharing with young people or family members or anything is to make certain that you kind of keep focus, okay. stay focused, uh, because once you take your eyes off the prize, you fall prey to a lot of other stuff. You know, I had a great uh, law practice. Uh, I was considered one of the great attorneys, African-American attorneys in North Carolina. Matter of fact, I was the first and only African-American lawyer to practice in my hometown. I was the I was the youngest African-American lawyer at the time practicing in the state of North Carolina. So I was 26 years old, but I lost my focus. And I tell people, you know, you know, I, I, if I had kept focus, you know, kept grounded, then I perhaps wouldn't have been where I am. The next thing is kind of uh, choose your environment. You know, uh, watch the folks that you hang around with. You know, make sure you don't get into the wrong environment. And and then uh, I know we're all not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. But uh, if you make a mistake or if you fail, know that you can get back up. You know, that yeah. you, don't, you don't have to stay there. I know when I got out, one of the first things my mom told me, she said, now, son, you can go and lie down in a ditch if you want to. You can rub your head in the sand if you want to. But all folk are going to do is come by and kick more dirt on you. They're going to push your head further in the sand. But if you would just get up, the same folks will give you a helping hand. And so I took that advice. You know, I took that advice. I never, I never laid down in ditch, never rubbed my head in the sand. When I got out, went to the halfway house that I had to have a job. The next day, uh, I went to the courthouse because I practiced law. Lawyers knew me. I went to the courthouse, saw a friend who 
who was practicing law. Uh, Older had been out probably practicing maybe about 10 years before I got out. But I just asked him, I said, I need a job. And he told Mm -hmm. me to come by his office the uh, next day. Next day I went by the office, I got a job. So I mean, it's, you know, that, that's just the way it is. You got to press forward and know yeah. that look, I'm not going to stay down because uh, the Lord doesn't want me to stay down and I, I will not do it. At all. You're not made to break. That's right. Whatsoever. whatsoever. That's true. Um, where can my audience find more of your work, more, uh, just more of you? Where can they follow you? Well, I, I I do a podcast. That's number one, okay. uh, and I publish at least two to three podcasts a week. Uh, okay. I've been doing I've been podcasting now for about uh, maybe about seven to eight months. I started about three months uh, before I retired because I was retiring, and uh, I knew I just didn't want to not do anything. So I decided to start a podcast, and my podcast is uh, Tell Us Your Story. It's about encouraging, inspiring, and transforming. So people can look at my, can listen to the podcast wherever they get the podcast from. It's on the Deal By Me podcast. That's number one. Deal by me podcast. I also uh, do speaking engagements. I uh, do virtual consultation. I'm a church consultant, uh, and so uh, I, as a matter of fact, I've been approved as a, a court expert on Baptist polity. So wow. people, yeah, you know, so they can can come, and the way they they contact me for books. For T-shirts, I have a T-shirt. I don't know if you can see the one I've got on, but T-shirt I have on say encouraging, inspiring, and transforming. And so okay. they 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 can get go to my website, and they can uh, uh, get a book. I have three books that I publish. One is Deal by Me: A Golden Opportunity Blown, uh, which talks about my life my law practice, my gambling, my confinement. Uh, and then the other last book I published is Deal By Me, a second ed- edition, which is a self-evaluation, kind of shares what I learned from what I went through. All of that, all of those, they can get from my website. And the website is, everything is dealbyme.com. So so okay. keep keep that word, deal by me. And you'll be okay. The podcast is Deal By Me Podcast, and the website is just dealbyme.com. Okay. Excellent. And books can also be purchased from Amazon. Uh, so uh, anybody want to contact me and advice they need, you can just contact me from our website. Ask me, a que- ask me a question. I'd be happy to share. Wonderful, wonderful. And anybody who, for some reason, can't remember Deal By Me, no worries. I will drop that in the description box below. We will link all of his all of his good stuff, his books, his shirts, everything right in the description box. We will get you all set up to keep in touch. Thank you so much, sir. It has been a pleasure speaking with you today. I appreciate you dropping by the lounge and, and hanging out with us today. And uh, for all of our audience members, unladies, gentlemen alike, as you all know, I love you fiercely.